Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Uh, we're launching a new series. Uh, it's called In Pursuit of Purpose. And uh, I think this series can be wherever you've been, whatever your story, wherever you're up to, um, that this series can really be impacting in your life. I've done the process myself a few years ago of the series we are about to do, and I can tell you that it had an impact. I already felt like I was a purpose, person who lived with purpose, but this series and the practical content in it really helped me, and it will help you wherever you're up to. If you feel like um, you know, you've missed the boat, well, this will help you. Uh, God is not here to frustrate the way he's made you. He, he, he has made you for a purpose. He's made you for a reason. He's actually made you a certain way for a reason. I was telling the guys in the 8.30 service that, that Jules Coleman and I, we're very different people. And uh, sometimes we've sat in meetings on staff over the years and we'll think very differently about the way a thing should go. Normally, I'm correct. And not really, obviously. Now, what it is, actually, it's neither is right or wrong. It's just that God made us completely different ways. And in what I would call the hardest season of our church, I would, I would suggest that Jules Coleman and Dave Norton a few years ago were, were really critical to me not blowing the whole thing up. And I'm thankful for them. See, God made her one way. He made me another way. He made you a different way again. And, and that wasn't made by accident. It wasn't to frustrate you across the course of your life. It actually was done for a purpose in mind. And we're going to look at that today. As we go there... I just want to say, Holes, happy birthday. Holes Coleman's birthday today. I think you're 16, is that right? I know I can go over, but not under. So here's the, here's the opening thought. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few end up there on purpose. It's Pastor Craig Rochelle. Everybody ends up somewhere, but few end up there on purpose. Craig Rochelle. And I want you to think about your life right now, where it's at, like the trajectory to here. Would you say that your life has ended up here somewhere on purpose, or would you say it's more accidental? Would you say that, well, what would it be for you? Um, is it by design where your life is up to, or is it completely reactive, completely accidental? Now, it's partly all of the above, but is it primarily on purpose? I don't want anyone to feel bad around that if you go, well, mine is definitely not on purpose. What well, can be from this moment? And we just draw a line in the sand and we start again. But for many of you, I know that your life is like you would say, yep, I'm here and I can see that it's been as a result of a life that's been lived on purpose. Everybody ends up somewhere in life. So is yours more on purpose or accidental? Um, because some people are going to wake up one day saying, how did I get here? How, how did this happen? And then other people are going to wake up going, how on earth did I get here and how did I get to do this? Their life aligned with the purpose of God that they were created for. Everyone ends up somewhere. Have you ended up here today? And few end up there on purpose. And my hope is that at the end of this series that you'll be able to say wherever you head next, wherever your life the direction of your life next, that it would go there on purpose. And, and when our life begins to move on purpose, and then you add the sovereignty of God to that, it's incredible what can then unfold 
the purpose and plan of God for a person's life. Now, last year at this time, we did a series called The Purpose Driven Life, which was about the five purposes of God. And so this year at the same time, we want to build on that, not with the purposes of God generally, but the purpose of God for you uniquely. Because the purpose of God for you looks different than it does for me. And we want to set you up by the grace of God in finding that way forward. Everyone ends up somewhere, and, but not everyone ends up there on purpose. Do you know, over the course of my life, I've never had to purposefully put on weight. I can do it without any plan at all. It's like this natural phenomenon, and it's getting worse as I get older. It's just hard to do. If I want to be fit, though, if I want to be fit, I've never done it accidentally. It's never been a reaction. It's always been purposeful. Some things only happen when we're purposeful. Some of you have a career that is, it really isn't an accident. You are there on purpose because of the plan you made and the steps you took and the discipline you showed and all that kind of thing. I think for the first seven years of my marriage that it was more by accident and reaction and, you know, living by the Bible, of course. But, but then about seven years in when I personally struggled for reasons that I look back now and go, what was I even thinking? Um, but when I struggled, Bron and I made a shift in the way we did marriage. And our marriage became far more purposeful. It was far more on purpose in terms of what we built into it, how we went about it, the counsel we got on it. You know, and some counsel is good. I think that every believer in Jesus, if you are one, even if you're not, uh, we need good counsel from godly people and the scriptures, wise counsel from people who know what they're doing and believe in God. And so we started to change that and built on purpose and that changed where we ended up. And I thank God for that today. Where you end up, your health and your finances, the spiritual dynamic of our lives. Um, is, it, is it happening by accident or is it happening on purpose? Anyone who applied themselves in 21 days of um, prayer and fasting would, would probably note that that on purpose spiritual dynamic has showed up in their lives. And I've heard lots of stories of that because it, it's done something, that living on purpose has created an environment where something spiritually dynamic can go on. And so living on purpose. Listen to these words from Jesus. He said this, John 18, 37. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth, and everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. What a thought. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come. I, my prayer today for you and is that th this series, that would be the outcome, that it some level, in some way, as it relates to all of your life or somewhere in your life, that the end of this series would be that you'd be able to make a statement like that, that for this cause I have come and for this cause I was born, that for this purpose I'm going to live this way, I'm going to uh, live that, my, that kind of life in the here and now. So how do we discover, plan and live a life full of personal purpose? How do we discover, plan and live a life of personal purpose? And we're going to look at that over the next four weeks, and I would add in brackets, does it even matter? Does it really matter that we live a life of purpose? Um, so welcome to week one, in pursuit of purpose, and we're talking personally for you. Here's a, here's a passage of scripture. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision. It goes on to say that those who keep the laws and statutes of God are happy, 
Um, but I want to think about the principle here, the principle of purpose um, today. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Um, the word vision in the, in the dictionary means this, the, in the context we're talking about. The ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. This is how I think about vision personally. It's creating um, a picture of the future, a picture of the future that creates passion in the present. That's how I think about vision. And, and, and in terms of the Bible here and in terms of the Hebrew language, um, the Bible, uh, when, when you see the word vision, it's actually, it's, it's, it comes from the word um, kazon, Hebrew word kazon, and it means dream, vision, revelation. Without a dream, vision, revelation, the people perish. In, in another version, the same um, verse says, without a revelation, the people cast off restraint. Isn't that true? If I just use health again, just for a moment. Without a revelation of where I'm headed, I just cast off restraint. When I'm traveling back from someplace, I'll stop at the 7-Eleven and buy uh, my daughter's donuts of choice and then eat four of them before I get home. Then I'll just do a short stop off in Willow Tree, even though I'm only 50 minutes from home, and top up again with some special treat because it's too good not to stop at Willow Tree. But when I'm full of vision around my health, when I'm full of vision around that, bypass willow tree or I buy a long black and you know they I don't go there vision without revelation we cast off restraint that's true of our lives as well the bible says and without vision people perish and so where are you up to today my second piece of technology for the day has died I think I need some new stuff and um, so I'm going to do my best you might not get all the scriptures now okay in the next 19 minutes but you will get all the principles that is the second piece of technology that's died in the last hour. Um, so think about, think about your life and vision um, and a vision for your life. I, I, wanna, I want us to think about four... Th- well, we're going to look at four things over the course of this series. And um, uh, we see them in the lives of God's people. We'll see that they're in the lives of Nehemiah. We'll see it's in the life of Moses. We'll see it's in the life of Esther. We'll see it's in the life of Joseph. We'll see it's in the life of the Apostle Paul. There's these... Four things that you can see in all of their lives. These people who live with what we call God-appointed purpose. There are four things we'll see in all of their lives. And we might use different language, but it's all right. Don't worry. I don't need it, guys. Uh, the, um, there's four things you'll see that are, that are common to them. And these four things are things that we're going to walk through practically together over the weekend messages, through the midweek studies, and across the daily devotions. I think it'll be incredibly helpful to you. So if we take the life of Nehemiah... Uh, and we think about it, the the first thing we see with Nehemiah, he was the person who rebuilt the wall, he revitalized the city, he restored the temple, and I'll use him because we've talked about him recently and we haven't got the passages to go through. So Nehemiah is there, and he does all of this. But the first thing we see about Nehemiah is he's got a passion for for purpose. He's got a passion. He's got a, actually in his case, he's got a burden. And whether it's passion, burden, values... It's really what it is. We're talking about the core of who he is. And at the core of who he is, he asks about how the people of God are going and he gets the news and his heart just responds to it. His heart breaks out with, he's moved because of what's going on. And, and for you and I, as it relates to purpose in life, one of the hints that where purpose will lie are those kinds of things. The things at the core, the burden, the passion, the values 
that are unique to us or unique to you. See, there are Christian things that are common to us all, if you're a believer. Things like compassion and forgiveness and mercy and grace and all those kinds of things. Faith, and they're meant to be common to us all. But there are things that are unique to you. See, for me, I'm fired up about two things above everything. I want to help Christians. I want to help them live a faith that has a fire in the belly, has a fire at their core that they would do what we're talking about and live with God-appointed purpose. And the second thing that really in my life is it goes with it. It's churches that are the same. I want to help churches. I want to help our church fulfill its God-appointed purpose. As long as I breathe breath, sitting with my uncle the other day in a a, um, hospital room in Sydney, he's not long for this life. And he'd do anything to walk outside. But one thing I know about him, in the last 20 years of his life, he's lived that to the core of his being. He's woken up every day in all of his humanity and gone and in pursuit of God and in pursuit of God's purpose. And, and, and as I left the building, I was sitting at dinner later in the week and um, I remember I could, they, they, where I, the venue where I was had a live musician and I was taking that in and taking in all the noise of people just chatting and talking and I was trying to, I'm eating healthy again and and so as I was eating my broccoli, smothering it with aioli to try and make it taste okay, take all the health away. So I was sitting there, I was trying to go, you know what, he'd give anything for this. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the noise. Let's enjoy the music. Let's enjoy the food. Let me absorb the conversation with my wife. And just, you know, I think purpose is like that. One day soon, all of us are going to wake up and our best years will be behind us. But right now, we have a future that can be filled with God-appointed purpose, life that's not wasted, life that's not misdirected, life that's not got blended vision on things that don't really matter, but a life that actually God planned for you before time began, that he wired inside of you to live out, and that he created a story to this moment that prepares you for it. God's got vision for your life. And so the first thing there is just that, it's that at the core, Moses at his core had things going on. Esther at a core had things going on. Paul at his core had things going on. And you do too. There are, there are things at your core that are unique to you, that you just get fired up about, that you get burned by. We're going to look at that in this series. We're going to extract them out of you if you're not sure about them as we do the weekend talks, the midweek studies and the daily devotions. That's the first thing. It's just your core, your passions, your burdens and your values all mixed in and help unpack that for you. The, the second thing is our past. See, our past has prepared us for the purpose that we're called to. It's very rare that a person's past is completely disconnected from their future purpose. Again, if we take Nehemiah, he was, he was perfectly fitted for the future that was coming. He understood how authority worked. He understood how to organise things. He understood influence. He understood how to manage people. He understood how to use resources. And then you have Moses, whose past, he gets moved sovereignly by God into the house of royalty. And he learns the ways of royalty. He learns how you walk in authority. He understands when a person is in charge. And he understands all those things. He, he understands how you can tell people to come and go. And he learns so much. And then God pulls him out of the place of royalty. And he drags him off to some far-flung place, a, a wilderness, if you like, living with his uncle. And what's incredible about 
80 years of his past is that those 80 years were perfectly tailoring for his future. He'd have to lead God's people. He needed to understand the ways of royalty. And he would lead them through a wilderness. He needed to understand how you live on the outskirts and how you get through the seasons. His past perfectly fitted him for the future God appointed him. There's a, there's a man called Joshua Joseph in Scripture. You know, and he was appointed to be the second most powerful man in the country. But for 14 to 17 years before the vision that God had given him started to become a reality, what happened to him? He was trained at low-level roles and then highly trusted roles and then low-level roles, elevated roles, and then he comes to his place. His, his past perfectly fitted him for the future God had designed him. And I remember when I was doing this series for myself that we're looking at this next four weeks, you, there's a point where you talk about your past and I realised something as I went through it, something I'd never thought of before, and this is what will happen to you as well. I realised that since a very young age, like pre-double digit, I think I'd been captain of almost everything, every sporting team, every schoolhouse, my school, you know, I was that guy, the nerdy guy, and um, I was captain of everything, and as I grew, I was captain of everything, and, and then there were five years when God made me captain of nothing, and and I just got stuff ground out of me. And, but the reality was when I looked at my past and I thought about what was in my future, I went, ah, the whole time God was preparing me for this. The whole time. Being a 10-year-old boy, leading a team onto a footy field, having to take the run when everybody else is scared. Somehow God prepares you for what he has in your future. And your past is significant. We're going to look at that in the next few weeks. But your past is significant. Even the stuff that you never intended, that God never intended, that would otherwise be a loss, otherwise be a waste, that would, would destroy your life, even that God uses for good. I feel like I can talk to just about anyone. I think that's because I lived in 21 houses before the age of 21. Oh, did God break my mum and dad up? No. Did God even want that? No. But it happened. And so we moved around a lot. But it meant I knew how to walk into a school and find a friend quickly. There are a whole bunch of things that meant, and, and I love crowds. I love meeting new people. I love finding what makes you tick. But it's a past that prepared me for that kind of life. And your past, whether it was God sovereignly working it or someone messing it up or even you messing it up, God somehow has used it all to prepare something in you connected to God-appointed purpose. That's what I love about God. That's how good he is. He makes that which is waste and that which is lost and that which is planned and prepared to be part of the God-appointed purpose that he has for us. And then what he does is he gives all of these people that I've mentioned vision, all of them. He speaks to Joseph in a dream. And really it's just headline, very, there's no detail in it. it really the, the dream that he had and the reality that came, you could see it clearly that that's what it was. But, but when he got the dream, it was so vague, it was so unclear, apart from a couple of core things, but God gave him a vision. And then you look at Moses. God speaks to Moses in a way that Moses could understand. He speaks to Moses about the future. And we think of Esther, and Esther's uncle speaks to her and casts vision for the future. And it comes to her uncle, and her spirit, scared as she is, resonates with it. And the apostle Paul, he gets 
He gets interrupted the way I think everybody wants to, with a God intervention. God just interrupting his day on the way, on the road to Damascus. We all want that kind of God encounter if we know Jesus. Well, that's how God spoke to him, and God speaks to the heart, and he speaks with visions, he speaks with dreams, the Bible says. He speaks with all kinds of ways to get to you and I with something that relates to the future that he's planned. He'll give you vision for your life, your vision for your marriage, vision for your career. God appointed vision. He's got that for you. He's got it for me. And he wants that to go on in our life. And then there's a fourth thing, and we'll talk about it across the weeks. And that's gifting. He's gifted us all differently. When um, Joshua replaces Moses leading the people of God, Moses, the Bible says, is the greatest prophet ever to live. There's never been one like him, not before and not since. Imagine that. Imagine following Moses. Imagine Moses had been the pastor before me. You'd have to be pretty secure, wouldn't you? You go, well, I'm your new pastor. You'd be going, really? Is that who we get after Moses? But, you know, they got after Moses, they got Joshua. And Joshua wasn't a prophet. He was a pioneer like none that had gone before him. God gifts us for the purpose that he's called us to. Gifted you in a certain way, gifted me in a certain way. You know, I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't have that many gifts. Just true. I really don't. That's always made me dependent on building a church that the Bible talks about where it needs the gifts of many to get done what God is up to. I'm thankful for that. But I remember I used to work for Arnott's. I used to manage a sales team for Arnott's. And, and um, it was a good job. It was easy to put on weight. And, um, but it was a good job. And I remember it being there, and I, all I wanted to do with my life was, you know, be a pastor at that point. But I learned more about pastoring, working for Arnott's, than I did about being a youth pastor or anything else I'd done. And I realized somewhere along the line that, that at the core of who I was, God had gifted me to do this simple thing. Using a sales team, he taught me this, that he'd shown me or gifted me to be able to give an idea and then rally people to it. And because of who he is, some people respond to it. And I remember thinking, that's cool. I like that. God, can I just do that for the rest of my life and not have to do anything else? Well, no one gets that luxury, of course. But I realized from that day to this that at the core of who God had gifted me to be, that in any area where I get to lead, that at the core of that, my job is to get clear, way forward, put language around it, lead it, and rally people to it. It's a gift. And God's gifted you. Now, some of you might go, well, Darren, now that I know that gift, not liking you particularly, I'm not in. In fact, next time you rally me, I'm out. That's all right, because God will just rally the next person, because that's what he does. And I'm sure you've said exactly the opposite. You've actually said, Darren, I'm ready to rally to whatever God is doing. Why do I say that? Because God's gifted you. And that gift is related and connected to purpose. He's wired you a certain way. Some of you, he's wired with incredible intellect. He's wired you that way for a reason. Superior intellect to some of the rest of us. Some of you, you, I don't need to go through it, but you are wired a certain way that is helpful and actually purposeful. He, he did it for a purpose. The reason that Jules is merciful and compassionate the way she is is for, for a purpose. It, it's there because... God doesn't want every, his church to reflect all of me and all of you. He wants it to reflect that heart, and we should grow in it. And he's made other people a different way. 
Thank God for Natty Urquhart and the way God's wired her. What an incredible gift she is. So many people in this room, so much, you know, imagine. And I wonder how he's wired you today. How's he wired you? How am I going, Matt Keith? They, um, how, uh, sorry, it's a private joke. You should never do that from a platform. They, um, but he's wired you a certain way. So those four things we're going to look at in some way across the next four weeks. We're, 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 the, the bottom line is we are living in pursuit of purpose over the next four weeks. So my prayer is that you would come to the place where this purpose um, uh, would become clear and there'd be a plan attached and a way forward for you in your life in some sphere, some way, maybe for all of your lives, certainly for the next season. That's, that's our prayer. And, and, and it's going to look at your past and it's going to look at your core, your burden, your passion and, and, and your values. It's going to look at all of that. It's going to look at vision for our future and it's certainly going to look at the gifts that we have been graced with and life has shaped us with. So with all that in mind, I want you to get ready. Because I think the next four weeks, no matter what your story, just draw a line in the sand this morning and go, God, I just want to go on this journey for what's next. I've got a friend who um, is on the other side of the country, lived with God, like God-given purpose his whole adult life. And in a moment of time, he had a vision of his future that has transformed where he's headed next. And I, I just know that he has what Proverbs 16.3 says. He's committed his way to God and God has established his way in thinking. And I think that's what God would do for you. That's what he'd do for me. So with that in mind, will you stand and we're going to pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for everybody, Lord, um, in the room and LinkedIn. Uh, we, we pray, God, that you would have your way in all of our lives, whether, whether a person believes in you or they're not sure about you, wherever we're up to. I know that there is purpose yet to be discovered in people's lives. Help us to, over these next four weeks, discover, Lord, uh, the purpose that is next. May you bring to the forefront of people's lives, Lord, the vision that you would stir them with. I pray as it's right, Lord, you take our past to inform our future. Lord, I pray you'd, 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 you'd um, bring out of us the things that are really in us, in, in people, Lord, the, the, the burdens, the passions, the, the, those values, not the, not the baseline ones common to us all, but the ones that are unique. They're there for a purpose. You place them there for a reason. I pray you over the next few weeks you'd bring that out of out of people as well and the same with Lord giftings may people see things they maybe they haven't seen before that you'd reveal to them now as it relates to the purpose in front of them for their life and so God I pray and I pray that our hearts would be open in a way that it doesn't need to be big and it needn't be small it just needs to be you Lord and so I pray for that to go on personally in people's lives we commit our way to you now in Jesus name Amen Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.